0: You're listening to The Podcast, where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu.
1: It's championship weekend, and I am so proud to say that I am participating. It's been, honestly, I've been playing fantasy football for close to 15 years, I feel like, and it's almost been a decade since I've been to this game so far. And so I'm absolutely excited And this is a very special episode because I have my opponent, Kenny. Hey, Kenny, how you doing, man?
0: Good. I'm just, uh, you know, morning after Christmas. uh,
1: (laughs) So I appreciate you giving me your time. But before we kind of jump in and kind of talk about our matchups and talk about you, because this episode is special for you. How did you feel uh, if you caught the I know you kind of talked in the chat a little bit later, but you saw the news that Alvin Kamara dropped six touchdowns last night. And I was so relieved when I was like, I was freaking out, but I was like, wait a second, I don't have them. And Kenny doesn't have them. So it doesn't impact me at all, but it was really cool to kind of be a spectator and watching that happen rather than being on the receiving end of like the 50 points that Alvin Kamara dropped.
0: Right. That's the best kind of football at this point is like watching football where none of your players are involved because it's like so noncommittal, you know, don't have to worry about anything. Um, I you know I always thought you had Alvin Kamara because like the year two years ago we were in uh, I guess three years ago now we mm-hmm. were in that redraft mm-hmm. league together and uh, you you had Alvin Kamara and you were like on the biggest Alvin Kamara hype train of your fucking life <laughs> and like I thought I thought it was like I for some reason I confused like that with this league and I was like oh shit I'm getting fucked right now and then I checked and it was fine but in the same line it, it was a game that I was invested in because I have two players in it. Mm-hmm, I think it's mm-hmm. difficult uh, because, you know, I, I made this trade last season to get uh, Kirk Cousins because I was foolish. And this is my first, uh, this is my first dynasty league. So I didn't really yeah. think about the value of qu- quarterbacks long-term, but like someone like Chuck or someone like Daniel back in the day
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. had a
0: great grasp on that and like drafted all these quarterbacks high. And I was like, why the would you draft a quarterback high? There's so many quarterbacks and like quarterbacks get hurt all the time. So like, I'll draft like, like skill positions that are that are mm-hmm. rare up high and then come back to quarterbacks. Little did I know, terrible decision because now the stuff <laughs> with fucking Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jared Statham. But like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that quarterback room? <laughs> uh,
1: you brought up a great point because uh, Darren and I actually reflect on that a lot. This was our very first dynasty super flex league. Like, it, it's so layered. And we kept saying, like, if we were to ever go back and do like start this league all over again, our startup draft would look completely different. So many quarterbacks would go off the board in the first round. Whereas when we did this first startup draft, when we saw Chuck take uh, Patrick Mahomes in the first round and then take Deshaun Watson, uh, I don't know. I think it was like the second or third round. We're like, wow, what is this guy doing? He's not taking any running backs no wide receivers. And now looking back, I'm like, I'm such a moron. How did I not take any quarterbacks early? Like I'm right now, well, I traded for Lamar, but Cam Newton is as he he's poo poo right
0: now. kind of dog shit this year <laughs> i
1: know i'm just like oh if kenny were to offer me kirk cousins right now i'd be like oh yeah yeah let's take that immediately but i obviously that wouldn't happen because he's playing terribly but <clears throat> before we um get too into it let's uh let's just get right on started and start this meal the
0: appetizer
1: so kenny one thing i like to always ask every owner that's new to this podcast is kind of ask them what their background with fantasy is how long you've been playing and eventually how you uh, heard about this league and kind of stumbled upon and become a part of it
0: so uh i didn't really play fantasy seriously until until our league our our redraft league a couple Mm -hmm. years ago Mm -hmm. um uh before that like i fucked around with it because i I enjoyed football not from that young of an age but i would say like like middle of high school i remember watching like the miracle of the middlelands 2 live and i was like yo this shit is fucking this is it like i I was like (laughs) i got really excited i was like that was the first time i felt really hype about something outside of like I don't know, like some some random games of video games, like whenever you mm-hmm. get into like, I don't know, satisfying, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, like those times like, where we, oh. talked, or we used to play like game battles for fun, even though we were fucking terrible. Search and destroy. Um, yeah. Um, so like, I remember like my interest in football sparked then, and then obviously I went to like a pretty big football school in Penn State and I wasn't so invested that I would go to football games very often, but I was invested enough to understand the mechanics behind football and really mm-hmm. like I have an appreciation for well-designed games from like uh, a standpoint with I I just like playing games and I have for a very young age that's sort of like how I learn best and it's sort of how I like like stimulate myself in the best mm-hmm. way if that's it like this is like I I've learned that as I get older like especially in my workflow like I I. I tend to, like, design things in such a way where it's, like, almost a game for me because I find that be the most satisfying nature of awesome. it. And thus, like, it's a natural evolution of, like, oh, I like football. I appreciate football as a game. And thus, like, the next evolution of how I can take football more seriously for myself and, and yeah. as a way that I can enjoy it more is to invest in it like a game. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, I know I'm i not, like, I'm, I'm kind of a pussy, so I'm not going to spend that much money on it. Like, I'm not, like, Jensen I'm not, like, any other dude who, like, sports bet because, like... I don't fuck with that. It. Uh, like, <laughs> like, I kind of have an addictive personality and I'm like, I don't want to get addicted to that shit. I don't want to fuck with full it. Full degenerate. But... You're only half yeah. degenerate, not full. Right, right. It's not like... You I Never go have, like, full Jensen. That's down, like, what we always ears. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never want to go full
1: Jensen. <laughs> but um, before I uh kind of ask about how you kind of stumbled upon this league which i already know the answer for i kind of want to give a little bit of background ken uh, what kenny is saying is true i would still say and i don't mean any disrespect i would still say kenny is a newbie when it comes to fantasy compared to everyone that's been playing fantasy in our league so far uh, as i kind of alluded to in the beginning of this show i've been playing for almost 15 years that by no means means I'm better than someone that may have only been playing for like five years. I feel like Kenny, you've probably only been playing for like three, four years. And I specifically remember when I asked you and Kev to join my redraft league because one, I knew you always had this kind of fascination with football. I know we would sometimes be in group chats and stuff and you would bring all these like different point of views or like, oh, wow. Like, and once again, I don't mean this to be disrespectful. I was like, wow, he really knows what he's talking about. And the reason I thought that was kind of like you said, I, viewed you more as like a very casual you know person with when it comes to football which i feel like you just kind of rang true and affirmed and then there's like this one point where it might have been that turning point like miracle of the meadowlands too where mike vick kind of went off we came back against the giants and sean jackson returned that punt and we won maybe that was that spark that really was like oh man i want to get more into this and like you said uh, fantasy football was probably that platform that kind of brought you to that next level and so it's been really fascinating to see kind of your fantasy football career, because I feel like I was almost a part of every major league that you're a part of. And I don't want to toot your own horn, but if my memory serves correctly, you were very successful from the get-go in fantasy. I feel like every league I've been in you, whether it was a redraft, whether it's this league or uh, just a, just for fun league that I uh, think I had one with Emily. I don't know if it was you or Kev that was in that with us. But every single league that you were a part of, you were very good. And that was always, once again, not surprising to me, but I was like, dang, he keeps getting so lucky. At the end of the day, it's not luck anymore. If you're consistently winning and doing well in fantasy, of course, fantasy football always has some luck involved, but you're consistent. And that's the hardest thing to find in fantasy, uh, being able to be consistent. So I don't know what your secret is, but keep it going because you are wildly successful in this PDL right now as well. Um, But speaking of the PDL, do you have any memory on how you kind of stumbled upon this league?
0: Yeah well I mean you already kind of know the way I stumbled upon it was that we were in a league before and then you were like hey I'm doing this thing called a dynasty league and I was like, yeah what the fuck is that and I, <laughs> I was like oh that thing's kind of cool and like and you got me started with this and there are people from high school that I mean we went to high school with not everyone I know like I don't really know Jensen that well but like I yeah. know of Jensen um, and like Darren my brother and, and mm-hmm. obviously you and then all the Oregon boys kind of got wrapped up in it and so You know it's just sort of where we are uh it was like i was a little bit apprehensive at first because i feel like dynasty leagues are much more of a commitment relative to redraft leagues because like you can do a redraft league fuck off and then no one will ever know they'll just get someone to replace you but dynasty (laughs) leagues like like here and like even if you get one person leaving it's like hard like darren inherited a team that was pretty good but he has to like rebuild for like maybe three years before he's like in a spot where he can be extremely competitive Mm -hmm. um so like I was a little apprehensive to begin with, but it's it's been a lot of fun. And, and in that same sense, like that apprehensivity I had before is is kind of incorrect because it's that sort of sustainability that makes it a little more interesting. Because obviously, our teams don't change dramatically from year to year to year, um, and it makes these deals like these trade deals so much more important. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like draft picks are so much more important here, because, like in general when I watch football it's it's dumb I do this thing where I equate fantasy football to real football mm-hmm. uh where I'm like oh like I am uh, much more a fan of investing in known quantities like mm-hmm. like f- like free agents versus draft picks but in this yeah. it's like this it, uh, draft picks are so much more important because like a first round draft pick is what's so much more than like fucking julio jones speaking of words, with, uh, what a fucking nightmare
1: yeah i'm a huge uh, huge fan of what's going on with julio right now he gave me the greatest christmas gift of all
0: pulling his hammy at 31 <laughs> <of shit. laughs>
1: no and i'm really glad uh you bring up another great point with kind of the commitment you feel like with dynasty and i know a lot of the people listening to this podcast don't know who he is but i just like to give a little bit more background on people and i know some of the delco guys know, not but Kenny, I'm sure you know who Drew Rote is, right? I do know Drew Rote Drew Rote, I'm have... sure uh, if Darren listening to this podcast is going to laugh or have a chuckle because Drew Rote is kind of that person with redraft. He kind of maybe shows up on draft day, maybe he's on auto draft, who knows, and he'll kind of half-ass check. It's not because he doesn't care. He's, you know, Drew Rote just kind of goes with the flow. He's real low maintenance. He's just, hey, I'm just happy to be here kind of thing, and that's kind of the commitment you could have for redraft. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, you need to know everything. I mean, you could just have a little bit of fun. And so I remember when I came over to you and introduced the Dynasty League, I think the first words was, you, dynasty is like fantasy football but on steroids and it's for like kind of like degenerates like me being like oh i want to i want to take it to the next level and then i think i think that's when you're like okay i could I kind of get down with that but it's funny because it's really difficult to kind of be able to coast in dynasty and continue to be successful and i know at one point um and you guys have definitely shed the label since the Yao bros you and kev the Yao bots we like to say almost were seen as these guys that were just coasting because you guys just weren't participating much in chat, but little did we know, both of you are very strong when it comes to fantasy. As you can tell, you guys both made it to the playoffs. You're in a championship game now, but it's really cool to see that kind of that narrative has now changed of, of course, we still call you guys the bots just for the memes, but you guys are a lot more active. And of course you guys are, you know, two great owners in the league and so i'm really happy to see you guys kind of be able to turn that around and i would be remiss if i took any more time to dive into
0: the main course the main course
1: i went to give a little bit of context before we jump into our championship matchup this week uh, and i want to kind of explain when i say kenny is good at fantasy football he's he's very very good In the PDL, there's no one more successful than Kenny. Kenny, I know your head is getting really big right now. Um, Your girlfriend's probably going to be like, Tommy, stop talking about it. His ego is going to be too big. But I kind of want to put some facts to what I'm saying. He has the best record overall in the league right now at 18 and 8. That has a 69 uh, win percentage. Nice. And right now, like I said, there's a lot of parity in this league. And I would say there's a lot of strong owners in this league. But to say that you're at the top. There's there's no one that has a better win-loss record than you. I mean, that's that's something I'd be very proud of. I, I would be talking about that all the time, as you know. I, I don't even need a lot to brag about to brag. I mean, it's an all-Delco championship, and that's not even something to brag about, but I brag about it anyway. <laughs> but um, Kenny, your sustained success is excellent, and so I'm really glad that uh it kind of gets to shed the notion of you maybe thinking, oh, I'm not that good. I'm still new. I mean, this is kind of gratifying. Uh, how do you feel about your I don't know your phenomenal success with fantasy football so early in your fantasy football career.
0: I would say I'm like the Kyle Shannon of fantasy football. Like, <laughs> I always make it to the dance, but I'd never, I never come out the winner. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'm 18 and eight. Two of my losses are in playoffs, so like <laughs> I'm really like, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because I feel like I always build teams that like last. I, you know, I fucking hate the football season because it's always just a little bit too long. If the football season was two weeks shorter, tell me I would be the champion all of our leagues. Because I always get fucked by, like, uh, injuries. Um, I would th- say that my sustained success is just from, like, a bit of luck and a bit of, like, understanding like, the value of football. And, mm-hmm. and like, we kind of chatted about it earlier. Like, I have obviously some regrets because this format is different than the redraft format. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I feel like in the redraft format, like, running backs are, like, running backs and I would say, like, like skill positions are much more oh, yeah. valued. Way um, more because weighted. it's, like, you don't need to think about sustainability and like longevity of your players uh, versus like in, in dynasty, like the, the biggest mistake that I mentioned before is I should have drafted more quarterbacks because the reality is like quarterbacks are the most stable players in this game. I mean, like, yes, there are people like Nick Foles, like Carson now, who are like a little bit unstable, who are like constantly either starting or not starting or mm-hmm, being injured mm-hmm. or not injured. But I would say on the vast majority of quarterbacks, they have the largest, like, like, they have an eight-year window where they have a lot of stability. If they've already proven themselves as rookies, if they've already proven themselves as as starters, they have, like, eight to ten years of you just know they're going to be starting. They're going to put up points. Um, I would say my mistake is, like, investing heavily on, like, running backs like Josh Jacobs, who is a good player, but, like... Um, always like week 15 like week 13 on like I I constantly find myself being like why the fuck did I pick all these weak knee motherfuckers who can't (laughs) stay on the field past week 13 to get the touches that I needed to get touches in because playoffs are now and not like fucking two. I I don't give a shit about a single season (laughs) record.
1: What you Um, just mentioned actually is a big reason why I made this push. I remember when I first made this dynasty league, I was writing up that constitution and I had that crossroads of, do I want this to be super flex or just a half point PPR? And I eventually went with super flex, even though I've never played in this format before, because I'm sure, you know, and you kind of alluded to it as well, but in redraft, no super flex, just regular redraft half ppr quarterbacks aren't important you could draft a quarterback with your last pick in the draft or you could just not draft one at all and just continue to stream oh i'll, I'll play trubisky this week okay uh now i'm gonna go play you know ben roethlisberger this week oh is randon Tannehill in the waivers i'll pick him up and i'll play him now in redraft whereas in superflex, it kind of finally turns the table i wanted to play a fantasy football league or create a league that once again uh it's not realistic, but I'm glad you think about it the same way. I like to try to format our league to closely resemble the NFL as close as we can, just because it adds a little bit more to the immersion. And I kept thinking it's so dumb that fantasy football puts so little stock in quarterbacks, whereas they're literally the most important position in not just NFL, but I feel like in almost any sport quarterback is the most important position for their respective team slash sport. And so I kind of want to create a league where it kind of reflected that a little bit and superflex, I feel like is perfect because this gives you an opportunity to start two quarterbacks, which makes the quarterback pool a lot less stable. And it also still gives you the option. Like right now I'm faced with yeah, superflex, I'm playing Cam Newton because that's probably the smart thing to do. But I mean, should I actually just bench him and put Brandon cooks in like Superflex doesn't mean you have to start another quarterback. So it kind of adds these different layers of strategy. But along with that, the thing I wanted to bring up before we really dive in, oh, how sorry. do you feel about all this uh, shade from Darren? Darren pretty much has this notion, all the success that you have, Darren feels like you owe him because of that trade with Dalvin cook, Brandon Jacobs. Uh, and that Zeke trade. He says,, uh, you know, maybe it didn't come directly from his mouth, but the assumption is always, you know, Kenny's doing great. He's in championship game, but it's pretty much because of me. I made that trade and if it weren't for that trade, Kenny would not be nearly as successful as he is. What well, What words do you have to say to that?
0: Okay, that's like I'm like the the general manager and he's just like, <laughs> one of my fucking scouts out there. Because I can read you those texts coming back because he was asking me whether I'd do it. and I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great trade. Um, so you can fuck right off there. And, and on top of that, I paid you back tenfold because I traded you Calvin motherfucking Ridley, a 24-year-old wide oh. receiver at the top of his game for motherfucking Kirk Cousins. <laughs> which, I mean, like, in hindsight, I had to do. I had to give yeah, you a first-round pick yeah, to what the yeah. fuck was I thinking. Because, um, you know, I, I feel like one of those things is, like, we're talking about just sustain. Like success in a football league. I don't have sustained success. We've been at this for two years. Basically, I mortgaged my entire future success on winning these last two years, which I didn't win last year, and it's not looking likely that I'm going to win this year, so I'm sort of fucked. Because um, I have no picks. Darren has all my fucking picks. So Darren can take that attitude <laughs> and fuck right off. He might have like made a great trade for me, but if you look at my trade history with Darren following that, he's fucking reamed me. Absolutely stolen <laughs> all of it, everything. So, what I traded, I wonder what I traded him for for Travis Kelsey, which is my probably my best trade with him. Oh, I give him a twenty twenty first and fucking TJ Hawkinson, fucking bad.
1: <laughs> so dare I you? think the uh. Moral of the story so far is just no one trade with Darren he will find a way to just trade rape you even if you feel like it's not a trade rape at the time but let's kind of get into the matchup I know this is once again I haven't been in a championship game in a long time which is embarrassing to say and you know it wouldn't be a real podcast by the commission himself. if i didn't bring up the fact that i won worst owner of the year last year and now i'm in the championship game and i'm kind of hoping to go full circle and finishing off this revenge tour and there's not many owners i respect more than you kenny so it's poetic to have to try to go through you now to kind of finish off my story but how do you feel with this matchup so far i know you said last night you had two players i'll go for you and it's two pretty important players on your rosters, one of your quarterbacks and Kirk cousins. And it was um, in my opinion, one of the fantasy overall MVPs this year, uh, Dalvin cook. Uh, I know they probably didn't perform as great as you wanted to, but they didn't have terrible games by any means. So how are you feeling now that that kind of shook up uh, heading into the rest of the matchups and things?
0: I'm, feeling kind of good i wish you know like going back to the value of quarterbacks quarterbacks are great uh but like obviously a pass touchdown is worth half of what a rushing touchdown is so i wish mm-hmm. like kirk scored three touchdowns but i wish at least one more of them went to went to dalvin here and like that's like that's why like it sucks that you have lamar jackson because lamar jackson is obviously the one of the best if not the best two-way quarterbacks in in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like every week, he's like bound to score at least one rushing touchdown where either he takes off and does it or he just decides to keep and sneaks it in, which is mm-hmm. some shit because, you know, <laughs> like everyone, like half of his scores aren't really designed quarterback runs. Uh, yeah. But like that, that's like the matchup is difficult to talk about because there's a lot of instability in my team. Like my team is kind of inconsistent this year, which is largely due to quarterback play and like running backs being injured or being in and now Julio Jones because Darren fucked me um <laughs> so I think I think if you look at my bench I'm like kind of in trouble next year I would say like the the places where I have the most trouble as quarterback um, but for this matchup in particular I think Kirk Cousins performed better than expected especially <laughs> against a New Orleans defense that was oh, kind yeah. of playing really hot coming into this game Um, I guess the run defense did get a little more stout after following the half because Dalvin hit, what, nine carries for, like, 50 yards. Oh, my – dude,
1: it was, like, either the first drive or the second drive. Dalvin was getting whatever he wanted to, and he scored a touchdown really early in the game. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I was like, all right, there's no way that Zimmer is going to, like –
0: kind let of
1: off. yeah let off yeah. he's just going to keep riding this and I was like there's no way that Sean Payton is dumb enough to continue to let this happen to his defense because the Saints defense is pretty stout but at halftime once again I think you mentioned it. he's like wow Dalvin Hook didn't get the ball out but he was super efficient and in my head I was like yeah I'm watching this game every time he touches the ball he gets 11 yards easy and nothing has changed really and then I guess at halftime the um, Saints start to pull away a little bit and that was the best thing that happened to me uh, while watching this game, I was like, perfect. They're going to, you know, they can't rely on running the ball as much. But the greatest thing that happened was anytime Vikings were on offense, I was really stressed out because pretty much any points that they score would come through your two players. Either if they score a passing touchdown, Kirk Cousins get points. If they score a rushing touchdown, most o- more often than not, it's going to be Dalvin. But then that one random Mike Boone touchdown happened and I was cheering. And Emily was like, wait, aren't you against like, all the Vikings players like, no, you don't understand. Like this was literally the only situation where the Vikings would score a touchdown where it wouldn't impact me negatively. And she was just like, "Oh wow, you got really lucky." And I was like, "Thank God Kenny isn't watching this game." Right yeah, now. that's
0: Dude, so upsetting. Pissed. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but it's okay because I think either Welch or uh Mike Siravas was really pissed when that happened because I think one of them has cooked as well in another league. So they're kind of tilting in your behalf, but like you said, it's not that they either of them had back I know Kirk had a really bad first half, but he kind of bounced back, but I kind of wanted to pick your brain on what you think is happening with your other quarterback right now. Big Ben. Um, dude, I don't know. I'm sure you saw the narrative that he holds the ball, uh, the least amount of time. It's really, really fast, quick dunk, dink and dunk passes. And he literally just scored less than six points against the Bengals. And now he's up against, Uh, Do do, do the uh, Indianapolis still have the best defense in the league? I know they have a very good, but I think it was almost like S tier defense like the entire year. So they're a very good defense, but a part of me is scared because Big Ben is totally the type of guy who's like, all right, I just had a shit game. We just lost a game we shouldn't have. We were 11 and 0, but now we're 11 and 3. I got to try and change this narrative and I totally see this game as a potential for him to pop off. Uh, But I hope you're kind of thought is different i hope you're pessimistic to make me feel a little bit better on that how do you feel about big ben going into indianapolis
0: i mean we talked about this in the chat a little bit i'm a little bit pessimistic about it because i i really like the colts and darius leonard is, is one of the best linebackers oh in the, the league the like, maniac. Great cover skills mm-hmm. like we're taking we're looking at like he's taking out like tight end options and even running back options for big Ben to toss it to and like mm-hmm. ultimately the issue lies in like pittsburgh's inability to, to run block this year like james Conner, any of their running backs fucking uh who was their other running back the, the last week who started um i think it was like benny snell yeah so. snell yeah um and they couldn't get any yardage and like big ben's an older quarterback now and like i think his game mimics a lot of like drew Brees and Kirk cousins game where like i don't think he's heavily dependent on the play action but i think play action helps him out a lot absolutely um and the inability to get the run going kind of, like, isn't it helping anyone? And mm. ultimately, we were playing Indiana, which is, like, I think they're the sixth best uh, secondary this year at uh, DBOA, which is, like, not the worst. Obviously, there are six teams that I could be playing that would be worse for him. <laughs> um,
1: but still but not the optimal not, matchup.
0: And if we're the championship, of course, not the optimal. But, like, I don't know. I hope he kind of has, like, a Kirk-cousin game where, like, Kirk was only was playing – uh, new orleans new orleans is maybe the third or fourth best defense this year right now mm-hmm. um, going into it he put up 24 points so I'm, I'm hoping that uh they're under projecting on on uh sleeper here and that he score- puts up like maybe 25 to 30 points and i think like wow. if like you were saying i think this is a really good revenge game for ben especially because like people have been talking shit for this whole week <laughs> 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 i, I am the
1: cincinnati man
0: yeah, and like how like he basically like that's a terrible loss because now like their playoff like future is kind of in limbo. Like they have to win out in order to get their home games. It's like this whole fucking thing where like if he had beat Cincinnati, like their their playoff. I mean, they were eleven and zero four weeks ago. You know, they were like the best team in the league. People were saying four weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, absolutely. And now so- they can't score.
1: For me right now, looking at this league, I don't mean to be demeaning whatsoever. So if I do sound demeaning, you can put me on blast. But I feel like a lot of the pressure right now for this game is not on you to win, but it would be on me to win. Because like you said, your team is kind of riddled with injuries and question marks. Whereas if you look on my end, I have no excuse. Like if you were to lose, you could say, you know, um, Julio Jones didn't play. Keenan Allen might not play. Um, and just like a couple other question marks, whereas for me, my team is completely healthy and I've been very fortunate that way. So I feel like if I were to lose, I gotta be like, how did, oh God, I just suck. And I would be tilted so hard, but to put some, you know, stock into your team right now, the player I was most scared to go up against for you was definitely Dalvin cook because you know. You could even say he had a little bit of an off game because of how well he played in the first half, but he still ended up with almost 15 points. I mean, I will take 15 points from anyone on my team right now, but it has to be your secret weapon, and that's fucking Travis Kelsey. Jesus Christ, dude. You pretty much have an RB1 playing in tight end, and I don't know if you saw, but Hunter Henry just got COVID, so now I'm forced to play Zach Ertz, and it's freaking killing me inside because as soon as Hunter Henry went out, I went to look at our waivers which is the most pathetic thing i have ever seen because there's no one there and i was like oh my god am i really going to consider playing jimmy graham right now over zach Ertz and just pray to god he catches one ball for a touchdown but i can't bring myself to do that but this is just my way of saying how pumped have you been with travis kelsey so far this year he has been phenomenal
0: yeah, so I, I mentioned in the chat earlier, we're talking about Travis Kelsey, and it's like, Travis Kelsey is not only a good tight end, he's the league-leading receiver in both the yards and touchdowns this year, which is like, like you were saying, like, that's my secret weapon, is like, between Dalvin Cook and Travis Kelsey, and like, the occasional, like, Corey Davis pop-off, and Keelan Allen when he's healthy, like, yeah. And those are really my main scores like Dalvin Cook has has been the best running back fantasy wise this year uh yep. because C-Mac is out and kamari's are having an off year um and in that same line like those are my two saving graces that like a lot of my team is like especially my wide receiver core is like up in the fucking air like they could pop off if they wanted to but then like most of the time they don't but Travis Kelsey and uh Dalvin cook are definitely my anchors this year as was josh jacobs last year but he's been sort of having an off year as well um you know i think our matchup is is kind of i'm both scared and a little bit confident in the sense that i think the giants defense has been super stout Mm -hmm. um but i really haven't faced a running quarterback in a bit let me look at the giants when's the last time the giants face uh
1: like a really mobile kind of quarterback kind of thing. I feel like you bring up a great point because no matter how good the defenses are, it's that extra layer that's added in when you have a mobile quarterback. Even if you look at great defensive mastermind kind of coaches, uh, I know this is completely unrelated, but Alabama, Nick Saban, he's always known to field really great defenses, but anytime he plays up against a mobile kind of quarterback, he kinds of struggles. That's why he struggled so much with Texas A&M when Johnny Manziel was there. And then you get to the NFL and you see the same thing with Bill Belichick, phenomenal new England defense. But once he faces like a mobile quarterback, he starts to struggle. Uh, I remember back in the day when Cam Newton was still Superman, anytime Cam would go to new England. I mean, he would give Bill run for his money. Cam Newton would have big blow up games, which is not what you would expect for any team going up against new England. But I'm really hoping that's going to be the same way with um, Baltimore going over because that's the main, kind of like what you're saying. I don't want you to sell yourself short because I very much also mortgage my entire future for this couple of years. I don't have a first round pick this year. I only actually have one pick this year and it's just a random second round pick I was able to trade for, but I I'm pretty much all in as well. So the way that my team constructed is kind of the philosophy that I kind of set for myself, my quarterbacks. I always want to have some kind of dual threat because like you mentioned before, passing a four touchdown is four points, but if they fall into the end zone, that's six points. And no one really runs into the end zone, but in the Lamar and my original thought was, Oh, you know, Cam is just getting used to new England system as the year goes on, he'll get better and better. And if you remember the beginning of this year, he had a pretty good couple of games. Like he had one game where he had like three rushing touchdowns. I was like, Oh man, like, I don't care how little he throws the ball as long as he's putting up these fantasy points. But the past couple of weeks, he's been just terrible to the point where I thought that he was just not even going to start. And they're going to put Stidham in. And I was like, okay, if you actually look at my waiver history, I've been picking up so many of these like backup quarterbacks that might start. Like I just picked up uh CJ Be- Bethard or i like to call him CJ beat hard. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Ryan Finley, like I'm picking up these random guys that I know will be able to start just in case randomly drops where Bill Beljack's like, All right, I'm done with Cam shit, sit him and start. And I'm like, Okay, okay, thank God I have another option at quarterback that I might be able to slide in there. But I just, I'm just so scared only because, uh, once again, Hunter Henry wasn't a top tier tight end in my opinion. He's, he's, he's up there. He's one of the better ones, but definitely not in the same atmosphere as the, you know, Kelsey's Waller, uh, even Mark Andrews. Uh, I know he's kind of having an off year, but even I would put Mark Andrews way ahead of Hunter Henry, but to know that I don't even have him. And now I have, uh, I, and I know we're both shameless Philadelphia fans. Ertz has not looked great. I know he's had a couple big catches the past couple weeks, but he does not have the target share he once commanded. So I think a lot of that I'm really scared because the way I always like to view matchups is okay. So right now, Dalvin cook scored 14 and a half points. All right. I just need Aaron Jones to kind of cancel that out. So if he has like 12, 13 points, I'm pretty happy with that. And now I'm looking at Kirk cousins with 22 points. I'm like, okay, I really need Cam Newton to try to get as best as he can to cancel that out or hope Lamar can cancel it out and hope that big Ben has a off game. So Cam Newton could kind of catch up. But the only time I can't really justify it is when I see that Travis Kelsey and Ertz smack, there's just absolutely no way. Like, I would not be surprised if Travis Kelsey drops, you know, like 25 to 30 points. I know he's projected for around 17, which is, that sounds aggressive, but I mean, it's Travis Kelsey. It's, it's not out of the realm possibility. I mean, the past three weeks, he had 23 points, 23 points again, and then 18 points. So I think he's going to be able to get there, which is kind of scary. Whereas for Zach Ertz, since he's come back from injury, he's had four points, less than two points, 1.8. And then against the Cardinals, he only had what, two catches, but it was like really big catches that he made for like 69 yards. So he had almost eight points, but it's very inconsistent how it comes. So that's what I'm terrified for. And also kind of like what you mentioned before as well. Corey Davis has these weird games where he absolutely goes nuclear and same with Nelson Aguilar, like Nelson Hagelow, man I really love the transformation he's made over in Las Vegas. I know a lot of Philly fans like to talk shit on him but we wouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl without his help and so I'm really actually happy to see him play so well but I mean for this think, upcoming I think, week I hope he doesn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think Nelly I think Nelly is like one of the most interesting players because it's like it's not like he's gotten that much better and it, it's he hasn't really gotten that much better in 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 Vegas cuz the reality is like I was watching the, the game last week and he dropped like two pretty easy catches with his like this classic Nelson Aguilar. Like he may have caught those two, t- two passes. They would have been like wide open touchdowns. He would have walked in, um, but he dropped them. And that's like sort of how I feel about Nelson Aguilar. And like, I, like I said, or like you were saying before, is like, I, I enjoy Nelson Aguilar's move to LA or to, to LA to Las Vegas because mm-hmm. um I think he commands the the kind of number one wide receiver numbers there that he didn't get in Philly, obviously, because for some reason we still targeted Elshon Jeffrey a lot, and also Zach Ertz at the time was by far and away the largest. uh received the largest looks from from Carson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, like like you were saying, I think my my wide receiving core is super super like spotty. I think like like Corey Davis, like you're saying, can go nuclear. But he's also playing against the Packers, which have one of the best defenses. If, uh, but their their secondary is kind of spotty this year, as opposed to last year when they were so much more dominant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they don't have the pass rush that they had last year, so I'm kind of hoping Corey pops off because he he's the number two receiver at this point. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know sure. they're gonna like try to double AJ Brown. I hope they double AJ Brown so at least Corey Low water open. I think that's also the, the big departure from, from real football, too, is that, like, number one receivers are great and all, but number one receivers are constantly doubled in real oh, life. Oh, yeah. And so, like, that- their values dramatically decreased relative to, like, a slot receiver. Like, like uh, when Landry used to be uh, the, the main slot receiver in Miami, like, he had great value because he would be single covered with the third best corner in, in the fucking other team. So, he would just light them up.
1: I think that's what's more impressive when you see the numbers that some of these true number one receivers are doing. Like when Julio Jones is fully healthy, he's like quadruple covered, but it doesn't matter. He's still going to end the day with eight catches for like 130 yards. And same with uh, some uh, shamelessly, some of my receivers, I'm really proud of like Devontae Adams. He's constantly double covered, but he has so much separation on each route where he doesn't even look like he's single covered at all. It looks like there's no one on him. And, uh, but the funny part is uh, there's not much of a contrast in my opinion between, wide receiver between Devonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. I know everyone in this league knows how much I love nuke, but DeAndre Hopkins, it's almost like no separation. Cause he's not very fast, but like as long as a ball is around the same zip code as the dude. And if he could get a finger on it, he's going to catch it because he doesn't drop anything at all. Uh, it's just funny because Devonte Adams, when he run routes, it's beautiful. I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins can't run routes. He's just not very fast. I know Devonte Adams isn't very fast either, but just the way he uses leverage is phenomenal. But I'm really, really excited for this matchup. Like I said, it's really, really cool to have both of us in the championship with as many great competitive owners that there are. Before I transition to the dessert portion of this meal, I kind of want to ask you, right now, Sleeper says you have a 28% chance to win. This is complete projections. And I see this sway so much. So I'm hoping Sleeper actually updates it so it becomes a little bit more accurate, which is always really difficult to do when it comes to projections. But do you believe that... uh, prediction of a 28 percent chance to win is accurate or would you give yourself uh a higher chance than that or lower chance than that
0: i give myself a little bit of a higher chance than that i'd say it's like 40 60 like i would still if if we were putting money on it today tommy i would still take you or your team over my team but Mm -hmm. i think like like uh some of these defenses have played extraordinarily poor over the last couple weeks Like, like like tennessee like like the the titans pass defense and run defense have played very very poorly over Uh these last couple weeks The same say with the green bay like pass rush and run defense i think if you were to project them to come back to the norm because like defenses are pretty consistent from year to year like you can you can are i guess they're pretty inconsistent defenses relative to offense is really inconsistent but i I think like expecting them to play at the the two extremes of, of their statistical like uh, limits, stuff. yeah yeah is like kind of not great and that's like kind of what sleeper does sometimes like they, they're like oh green bay's been playing shitty all year so they can be shitty for this this game but it's like you don't really know that they could mm-hmm. like the hard part about professional athletics is that like what people push all the time is like oh like athletes are athletes they're consistent like they bring their a game to everything it's like that's not fucking true at all this year just so <laughs> the Bengals just
1: look like they should have been like a 10-win team <laughs> yeah
0: the rams the rams just got fucking whooped and like two weeks ago if you had asked me i was like oh the rams are gonna be in the in the, like, the playoffs for sure like maybe nfc champions
1: that's why i don't gamble if people were like all right here's a thousand dollars make your bet. I was like all right just put it all whoever's playing the jets oh it's the rams is here okay um put this $1,000 and I'll put another thousand of my own money in that the Rams are going to win. I would have lost it all because I'm just that terrible. But
0: right, I, right, right.
1: I agree with you Uh 20%. That's not even close. I don't want to say it's 50, 50 because I don't want people to be like, Oh, Tommy's just like I, I would agree. I think I still have the slight edge only because you don't have Julio Jones and Keenan Allen is still questionable. If Julio Jones and Keenan Allen were both playing, I would definitely say it would be 50 50 or maybe even favoring you because we both don't have the greatest matchups. I know Darren covered that in the last podcast that uh, we have great players, but you know, matchup wise, it's not the best, like it could be better. So that's why I could swing either way. Like I know right now they're predicting Derrick Henry, to almost an absurd 19.3 points. I mean, it's against green Bay. Like, it's a it's in the realm of possibility that Aaron Rodgers continues to absolutely pop off against the Titans struggling D they go up by like two, three touchdowns. And then the Titans are like, shit, we can't run the ball anymore. And then Derek Henry ends the day with just like eight points. Like that's in the realm of possibility, which I'm really scared for. And so anything can happen. I think that's why it's so fun. And I've really been enjoying how the NFL, uh, at the end of the year, I always love it because they always spread out the games. Like, uh, Of course, we had a game yesterday on Christmas, on Friday. We have three games today on Saturday, and then we have a few more, of course, on uh, Sunday and Monday. I enjoy this because sometimes when I'm watching Red Zone, when like 18 games are on at once, I'm just like, oh my God, what's, what's going on? There's too much happening. Whereas this, I feel like I could actually watch the games one by one and kind of really actually enjoy the flow rather than kind of being bombarded with updates on the phone. But I know... Both of us are going to be really in tune with the matchups. I mean, the winner gets $400. I mean, that's that's enough for everyone to kind of pay attention a little bit. Right, and right, right. So besides bragging rights, there's definitely some money on the line, and I don't want to get too political. I feel like during this time, that $400 might speak a little bit more than other times. But with all that being said, I kind of want to uh, change things up. Let's clean our palate a little bit. The dessert. The way we end our show every single time is, or almost every single time, is I like to kind of change it up and talk about something that's not related to the league. Maybe a little bit more personal so people get to know you a little bit more. And I know I let you know before we started recording to kind of think about it. And I'll tell my story first, but I was going to ask, what is your favorite memory with some of the guys that are in the league? And by in the league, I mean Delco guys. I know you mentioned you didn't know Jensen very well, but obviously you know me Darren and your brother somewhat well. So, if you have like a fun story, anecdote, first impressions, whatever with them, I, I would love for you to share and then I'll try to chip in or chime in. Uh, if uh you know, I know a little bit about the story, but my favorite story with Kenny actually is he's just <sighs> kills me to say because then it gets too much. But Kenny is a really great guy. Uh, he, he's Kenny and I, I, I'm gonna be honest, I don't think we're very close, Kenny, but I would trust you with everything. And to put this into context, like I said. Kenny and I aren't very close. We're, he was one year under me, I believe. And so we weren't in the same grade, but I, I was close to Kev. So naturally I knew Kenny and I feel like that was kind of the extent of our relationship always. Yeah. I know who Kenny is. I would play Xbox with him here and there have of course conversations like I am now, but we, we would never like hang out, hang out, unless I was already hanging out with Kev. And like, Oh wait, is Kenny free? Which it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be like, Oh, I will hang out with Kenny now. Cause I'm hanging out with Kev. But, kind of want to lay that background just to show you guys we're not super close but let's uh kind of rewind now to my wedding uh kev was one of my groomsmen along with darren and a handful of other guys and i remember it was my rehearsal dinner and you know all my groomsmen and stuff they came during the rehearsal dinner the day before my wedding it was actually on a thursday because i'm super poor and can't afford a special wedding on a saturday and it's cheaper on a friday so Kenny, Kev, all them came up on a Thursday, so they had to take PTO, which you know they didn't have to, but it's awesome. But even Kenny did. Unfortunately, Kenny wasn't a part of my wedding, but he still came uh, a day early for the rehearsal dinner, and he was just honestly awesome. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the people here are married, or I know, like Darren, are in the process of getting married, so congratulations, Darren. Um, It's a very stressful time. (laughs) Uh, I know it's a very stressful time for uh, mostly the bride, but also the groom. There's a lot of variables at play, and I remember... At the end of the night, it was like 9, 10, 11 o'clock. We're all in Lancaster right now, downtown. It's at night. And it's not that I have the jitters. I'm just kind of wanting to get my mind off of things. And I was like, you know what, guys? I kind of want to get my mind off of things. What should we do? And I don't know if it was Kenny. I feel like it was. But you're like, hey, how about we just like kind of go take a walk outside? And I was like, you know, why not? And so we went outside. And it was like, it was weird. It was like a scene from everything was so calm outside. It it wasn't windy. Everything was dead quiet. We all lit up a cigar. We took like, you know, half an hour stroll, maybe an hour, just walking around downtown Lancaster, smoking cigarettes. we were just kind of, you know, shooting the shit, just catching up. And it was little things like this that really kind of starts to contextualize the guy Kenny is. He puts a lot of people before himself. Uh, he knew, obviously, I was so much stressed out, worried about things, and he really was trying to help me out when he obviously didn't need to. And this is also throwing shade at Kev, being like, come on, Kev, step up your game. Kenny was out uh, shining you as and he wasn't even a groomsman, but it was one of those special moments where Kenny was also uh, he's really good with talk- photography. I mean, Kenny's just a really talented guy overall, kind of a renaissance man. But he also took a lot of these pictures throughout the day during the rehearsal. And even on the wedding day, he kind of took some behind the scenes picture that he actually uh, dumped at the end. And be like, oh, here are some pictures I took. And honestly, some of these pictures I still use today. Some of them I even like more than. Uh, the ridiculous amount of money we spent on photographers and but it's just like these little nuanced things that i never asked for specifically but kenny goes out of his way to do but it's it's one of these memories i've always held on to and i know uh we i even mentioned it before this uh show this was this is the first time kenny you and i are sitting down having a one-on-one conversation since our wedding and that's kind of why i love doing these podcasts i don't care if no one listens to it i'm just happy to have the time to do it but you know, I didn't want to fluff you up too much, but I did want to say thank you because it's been so long since my wedding. I think it's been like three years, but it's still one of the uh, memories I hold dear to my heart being like, yo, he's such a cool guy, but kind of, end. let's end this mushiness though. But, uh, what, what, what are, what are some of your memories of that wedding night? I guess when you kind of helped me out. And then after that, what are some fun memories you have of me, Darren, Kev, whoever?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm, I'm, I like how you are like fluffing me up as some good guy but like I'm really terrible at getting gifts sometimes like I didn't know what the fuck to get you for your wedding so I was gonna like, get you cash but I left all my cash at home so like because I like said is about like an hour and a half drive from from Philly so like, yeah. I drove out the day before and like the day of your wedding I was like oh shit I left your gift at home so like, I had to like find this bank I had to run out and then I had to, like, buy a car but then I bought the wrong car and then like <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I need a pen to write on this. I had to go back to the CBS. That I bought the card to buy a pen. This whole fucking thing. And I, I remember like the day I was just like, why the fuck? I'm such an idiot. Cause like the like, week before, I had like bought a card, written a message, put the money in there, put it in an envelope, and just like left it on my desk. And it was like, I'm not gonna forget this. This is really important. And then like, I remember sitting at your rehearsal dinner the night before having pizza. And I was like, I came to the sudden realization. I was like, oh shit shit I 100% <laughs> left that on the desk I thought I wasn't gonna leave that on uh I think one of uh I think it was interesting that that wedding was kind of fun because I feel like that was the first time like and maybe you had seen Eunice in a long time or like you oh, guys yeah. have spent like a lot of time together and so it was kind of interesting like kind of watching that unfold and like also like catching up with you and learning about like all, all of your life and like shit that happened in between it was like uh it was a lot of fun and also like just Kind of seeing old high school people for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I work with a, uh, I work with John Hendricks and like your wife and yeah. you both know both know his wife and like they were invited to the wedding. And I was like, that was the the second week that he had been working with me. Um, so I was like, it would have been really fucking weird if I had seen you at the wedding. Like I don't know how I would have behaved otherwise. I'm sure I wouldn't have behaved any differently. But it just have been really fucking weird to see like this brand new coworker at uh, my high school friend's wedding um yeah i i think i would agree with a lot of what you said before i don't think we're we we are super close um as a matter of fact i wouldn't say i'm very close with many people i think that's just the nature of like my personality i'm like not good at holding long distance friends like i'm not like that's why sleeper is kind of tough too like i'm not gonna answering texts so like
1: Oh, like, I don't want me to cut uh, you off, but that is a famous thing with Kenny. Uh, not, not, not to be malicious in any way, but anytime Darren or I have to, or like anytime I need to get in contact with you, you're actually pretty good getting back to me. And I feel special about that. But I know sometimes where Darren or I have to get in touch with you about something trivial, nothing serious. I'm just like, oh God, oh, I don't know. If you text Kenny, you'll, you'll hear it back in, like, three days. Um, <laughs> but it's just because that's how he is. He's just not very great at getting back because, you know, you're, you're doing more important things. But I just kind of want to give a little bit of background and some truth to when you say that.
0: <laughs> no, but that's also, like, I don't answer Dan's text because 80% of the time it's just him badgering me about a trade. I don't want to make. And, <laughs> and, <That> <laughs> and eventually I'll just break the fuck down and make a terrible trade. So, like, fuck Darren if he ever complains about me, not answer his text because he's just out here trying to take my picks for shittier players. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I don't think, like, that's, like, part of it is I don't answer text well. It's, like, the reality is, like, I'm not good at holding long-distance friendships. Like, if I don't, if you're not involved in my nuclear life, the day-to-day, I don't see True. you constantly on a day-to-day basis. It's not that I don't care about you. It's just that, like, like I'll think about you sometimes, but like, I don't, A, I don't have, like, the the wherewithal to, like, text, mm-hmm. send someone a text or answer someone's text very well. And I, like, hate phone calls. Like, this is a good format because I, I can talk a lot. So, like, this kind of works out in such a yeah. sense. But.
1: It's not as awkward just like when I just randomly call you up. Hey, you free? All right, let's just talk for no reason. I I don't do that
0: with anyone. How's your day going?
1: (laughs) I don't think anyone almost does that. I don't
0: do that with my mom, dude. (laughs) I'm not going to do that with you.
1: (laughs) No, no, and and that's great. But I I like that context. But also, once again, uh, I kind of want to kind of relieve you a little bit. But even though you might feel like you're not super close to anyone, you, once again, you know how I kind of function. I'm not over in Philly all the time because – I don't want to get, I don't want to disclose too much, but I'm not super close with everyone in my family. So I'm not really over in the Delco area or Philly area too often, but anytime I am, I always like to stop by, and say hi to Kev. And it would not be a rare occasion where you might have some plans. You're like, oh no, yeah, I could still stop by and say hi and hang out. And I think that's so cool. I mean, I know uh, once again, I don't want to fluff you up too much, but I mean, that means a lot to me, too. Like, I don't show up a lot. Maybe it'll be once or twice a year, but still to know, even if you have some plans, I know sometimes you still make an effort to at least stop by, or anytime you do stop by, you usually end up hanging out with me for the rest of the night, too. So I don't want you to sell yourself too short. Be like, yeah, yeah, we talk sometimes. We're not too good. I mean, it does mean a lot. And I feel like that speaks to a lot of the person that you are. And so once again, you can continue with other fun stories and shit talking Darren, but I don't want you to sell yourself too short because it's, it, it's really cool. It's, it's a cool dynamic that I feel like all of us have.
0: Oh, I think it's like important to like to make that kind of time for one another because, like you're saying, you don't really come down that often. So, like I see like some of my friends. Well, I used to see them pretty often, but like it, it's like you know, it's just priorities. Like yeah. I, oh, why would I miss out? I would. I will never see you for another like four months. So Like what the <laughs> like... <laughs> Um. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I've I've known a lot of these guys for a while. So I've known Darren, you, and my brother probably the most. Like Jensen, we went to high school with, and we have like some interactions, but not mm-hmm. many. And like, I feel like high school Jensen—the way I knew him—is vastly different than Jensen is now. Like, <laughs> I feel like, like if you had asked me whether Jensen would be a fuck up or not, in like, like six years ago, I'd be like, yeah, Jensen's gonna be a total fuck up. But now he's like pretty successful, has his own businesses, business, sold off his his other business, like, mm-hmm. like. Um, so it's like good to know that, that you know, he he's like doing well. And like yeah, he's killing. He's killer. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like. My first memories of Darren were. Uh, oh, here we go. He was a he. Uh, he was a transfer. He like he didn't go yep. to school with you guys so yep. freshman year of high school. He came in sophomore year, and I remember because uh-huh. I was, I was like, I was one of the, the smart kids. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> format, fucking nerd. Was, yeah, who like were, was taking like the year ahead of science. So I was taking biology as a freshman, and that's like a, the sophomore science. And I was uh, sitting in honors biology, and fucking Darren walks in. It was like me, him uh Christina I don't remember her last name and then uh Vasiliki I think was her name. Okay,
1: yep, yep. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah yeah so we're all sitting at, at our quad because those are the partner quads and I shit you not taught me I passed that class for Like hundred percent. How is that did all this fucking work. Like would not have grad, would not have passed that class without me.
1: Hold on hold on um, before before we want to talk shit on Darren I am gonna shamelessly say here Kevin Yao i kenny you know how much i love you but i'm sorry i love kevin way more only because i don't know how far i would have gotten in some of my honors ap classes without fucking kev he did so much of my work he's kev i will die for you i will literally fucking die for you but anyway go on uh it's funny to know that you helped Derek, but that's funny wait how did it even come to that point because you said he transferred in you're obviously not too familiar with him but you're like oh god i gotta do this white kid's work god damn it
0: <laughs> i don't have to do his work as much as like he was like a nice guy he was yeah, funny yeah, but awesome. like like i think for the moment that i, I met there was like you know this guy isn't good at biology <laughs> <laughs> something about Derek just really screams not good at biology to me um, you know, that's
1: actually the first thing I saw when he walked in into my home room. I was like, "Oh wow, this guy has a beard art." Oh damn, he has this vibe where he fucking sucks at vibes. Yeah, you know,
0: it's funny. Darren Der- fifteen looks shockingly similar to Darren 27.
1: Literally <laughs> the same. It, like so. Well, I'm I'm obviously Korean. I can't grow facial hair to save my freaking life. So to see this guy come in with a full beard at a sophomore in high school, I'm just like, oh. Wow, he has a lot of testosterone, but he sucks at biology, so that's where I may go for
0: it. Do you know why it screamed? he sucks at biology? I thought Darren was so much older. I was like, Darren's like 22, and if, he's done like, <laughs> like, if he's done high school, like a fucking idiot.
1: <laughs> he's in my pod, we're doing yeah, this group yeah. work, and he's not contributing anything. Oh, God, here
0: uh, we I go. I just turned 14. <laughs> like, I'm going to fucking have to carry his ass. <laughs> uh, you know, looking back at high school, it was, like, really bizarre, because that biology class, we had this teacher named Mrs. Carr and like oh, yeah she used to feed us so much like conservative oh yeah conspiracy stuff like i can't believe like no one reviewed her curriculum and let this shit in like she used to teach us about like how like like climate change wasn't real i remember
1: <laughs> her she's she was the one that had she was older had glasses and spoke really monotone and she loved using the overhead projectors still right
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, yep, I nice remember. Oh no, she's she's, like- she's
1: fantastic. But I, 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 I distinct like I don't remember a lot of my high school teachers because I'm just I guess I'm old now, so I can't remember them, but Mrs. Carr for some reason sticks out. But I feel like the reason she sticks out is because she had that reputation of being really conservative.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I think, like, looking back at it, you could, like, totally see it. Like, I'd, I'd be like, oh, class- classic suburban conservative woman. Yeah. Yes, I, I can see it now. I think at the time, I guess, obviously, we were young. We didn't know yeah, yeah, we're all naive. Like, we're
1: just like, oh, here's a teacher.
0: This is just school. Whatever. <laughs> like, what a fucking bizarre experience. I just, like, vividly remember this one class. This this one, like, like class towards the end of the year, where, like, I guess yeah. she was checked the fuck out and everyone else was checked the fuck <laughs> out. And she, like, just showed us this movie about, like, how climate change isn't real. And, like, <laughs> like oil like like burning oil doesn't create greenhouse gases and like carbon dioxide isn't like an insulating material like it was just like there's a whole like oh what a fucking bizarre experience it's yeah i think think that's my first experience with darren and then like obviously darren became pretty close friends with my brother when they started smoking together
1: (laughs) They became absolute degenerates
0: and so I would see Darren a lot. And then, like, you know, I feel like the same because a group of friends used to play Xbox, like, like, Call of Duty together. It was, like, us, Quinn, Darren, oh, Scott. Yeah. Like, squad. all these people that, yeah. That, that, like, Tyler Claran, Mike Clepford. Mm-hmm. Like, like, all these people who, like, I guess, like, I didn't really know very well in real life. I didn't hang out with them very much in person nor in school. But, like, we had a rapport because we fucking play Call of Duty. And since oh, I was yeah. sharing an Xbox with my brother and I was clearly the better Call of Duty player, I would get <laughs> a lot more props and I would get a lot more invitations to play. Um,
1: It was always uh, a wild card, though, because you guys had that same gamer tag uh, which kind of gives a little background on Kev's team right now. He's called the Yellow Hawks, Philadelphia Yellow Hawks. Their original gamer type, because they shared an Xbox, was Yellow Hawk Down because Scott was what? He was White, White Hawk, Hawk Down? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, so you guys,
1: Pink Hawk down. yeah, yeah. Everyone had a Hawk Down, but uh, you guys are Yellow Hawk Down. But every time we would send you guys a party invite, we didn't know which one of you guys were going to join. So uh, obviously we know your voices apart. So anytime you guys would be, you go, hey, guys, we'd be like, oh, it's Kenny or, oh, it's Kev. So I, I always thought it was funny. And then I remember there was a strong, strong dispute when uh, Kev got his own Xbox or whatever, or you got your own Xbox, and who got to keep that gamer tag?
0: Oh, and... well, I invented the gamer tag. I just <laughs> oh, want, okay. I want here, give me the background. What, what
1: happened here? What? What happened and,
0: was I was I was on a party chat with Scott, and I was like, because we still had our temporary gamer tag going, because you know how they would just Oh yeah, you it would, it would give things? you like jumping beam I mean, thirty
1: four or something like that, and then you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, change yeah. This
0: yeah so like i was sitting down and i was playing call of duty 4 with scott one day uh who like later on changed his fucking gamertag to or whatever which is kind of
1: because
0: i didn't pay to change mine and so i'm still yellow hawk down but like yeah so he was white hawk and i was like you know be really funny and racy as if i was yellow hawk down because i'm asian um and so that's the origin story of that. I think you know it's funny in, in hindsight. If you could go back and like re-record it, listen to recordings of our Xbox chats. Like how like inappropriate and borderline racy they would all be.
1: <laughs> oh, dude! Like I we feel have
0: like no if, filters.
1: But to be fair, I feel like that is very still true and holds true to any high school Call of Duty party chat in Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. Yeah, right if now. Was
0: messed up. Like when we were kids, we used to call like people retarded. I mean,
1: Oh, uh, dude, that Netflix. we would say much, much worse things in yeah, yeah. Game. But
0: like now, now kids say autistic, which is just so much worse because like it's it gets such so un- specific. It's so specific.
1: You Asperger's autistic faggot, and I'm like, yo, what? You you're not allowed to say any of those words right now. What are
0: you? At least retarded isn't a real medical condition. It's just like a general term for like mental challenge, mentally challenged or stupid people. Like like autistic is too specific. Like they,
1: they get so, like, you literally have an extra chromosome. You're just oh god, just get like on. I, ha- I
0: have I have a cousin who's autistic. Like that's real, dude. Like. <laughs>
1: That actually uh, hilarious isn't the right word, but what if someone in high school said that and then someone actually had a breakdown, got really really like, dude, my cousin has it. Like, yeah, that's like, me- that's like I- I'm a caretaker. Like, Long. what are you doing, man? <laughs> no, dude, dude, I'm sorry. You just suck at Call of Duty. I, I just, I- oh god. But
0: they didn't ask for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the funny thing now is, uh, what what is uh Kev's gamer tag now? Isn't it like OG Yellow Hawk or something? Yeah, like yeah, I'm gonna see like
0: the leg claim on it. But that's so, some bullshit.
1: That was uh Kev's revenge because Kenny ultimately yeah. won. The dispute he got the yellow hawk down gamer tag. So then, when Kev got his Xbox and needed the gamer tag, he literally changed it to OG yellow hawk, which is hilarious. But uh, the last final notes I kind of want to put is you and Kev, in my opinion, th- you guys have a really cool relationship. I know you guys are only one year apart. Um, I feel like I'm allowed to say this because I'm also Asian. You guys are one year apart. You guys are both Chinese. You guys can make the argument you guys look similar, and it doesn't help that you guys' name is Kevin and Kenny. Like, what the, what the fuck is that, man? Yeah, why, why is the name yeah, so... I'm sure you guys got mistaken for all that. Obviously, I never mistake you guys because I love both of you dearly. But how's that dynamic thing? You guys have always been super close. You guys always argue all the time. But you guys, I feel like, are really close. You guys even lived together after um, leaving, uh, you know, buying an apartment together and kind of been roommates for a little bit. So, I know, obviously, you know, being a part of you guys lives so intimately and closely hating each stepping on each other's toes but also being family and loving each other how's that dynamic been i feel like i would love to hear you kind of talk about that because i every time i think of Kev, i always think of you every time i think of you i think of Kev. and once again it shouldn't be that way because you guys are two separate entities but being kind of your lives intertwined the way it has been kind of how's that relationship been
0: i think it's like uh i mean we're still getting tiffs because i mean like no matter how old we get you know disagreements Mm -hmm. are disagreements it was the nature of it, but like it's it's fine. I think our relationship is much better that we don't live together and we don't spend that much time together. Ultimately, <laughs> I think the reality, like space does wonders. Like oh, yeah. every so often now, like we don't live together now, and I don't see him that often anymore. Like I used to see him every week, but now I see him maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the like it's sort of like seeing you almost. It's like like those those interactions mean a lot more, and there's a lot mm-hmm. more to talk about because like when you live together, it's like oh, how was your day? It's- Fucking fine. Fucking, like, <laughs> oh yeah, happens. I did this, this,
1: and this. No, you fucking didn't. You just say that on the couch all day, you bitch.
0: <laughs> well, like eighty percent of our lives is just like we wake up, we poop, we go to work, yep. we eat, we come home, we eat, we go to sleep, <laughs> we wake up, it's just like it's like constant cycles, so, like a monotony. Like yeah, like I don't talk to her very often. It's not like like my mom who calls me every day where it's like annoying. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> like between the time that I talked to you last, some real shit happened. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that, I feel like that's been better. I think it's like it's fine. Like it's what happens when you know someone for your whole life, you know. Like there's obviously like like old grudges and like like I'm not that petty of a person, but I'm a little bit petty. My brother is certainly more petty than I. <laughs> so like there are like <laughs> there are just like like lifelong grudges to be held and like like you know things to to like be like annoyed about. Like that time like Darren told the story about him being a Chester that one night. Like oh yeah, like I remember like being like, just like starting my job. It was like a year <laughs> into my job, and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta go pick you up." I gotta work tomorrow. It super early. I was like three hours late to work the next day, and I was like, "Dude, I almost got fired because your drunk ass got lost in Chester." What <laughs> the fuck was that? Um, yeah. I mean, like you know, that's what happens. Like little things. Like to know- it's like being married. You know, like yeah. eventually, like you can you can foundationally love someone and just be really fucking annoyed at them for shit because like you've just known them for long enough where like that the reoccurring behavior is to piss you the fuck off.
1: Oh, 100%. Uh, I, I actually went to last one final story. I know we're going a little bit long, but one last story I want to add is how pissed off I was at both of you. So after high school, I would say all of us were, well, besides you, I feel like you were always in a little bit better shape, but all of us were kind of in the same shape. Uh, I was always a little bit of the pudgy fatter one. I've always struggled with my weight my entire life. Um, but I remember I went off to college you guys all went off to college. There's something called the freshman 15. I turned it into like the freshman 30. And then I fucking meet up with you guys. You both are shredded. What the, like, what the all fuck right, is right, that? Here, here I, here no, here. no, no, shut the fuck up. I come back. I, I'm only 5'6", five, 5'7", five, with shoes. Darren would tell me, tell you guys, I'm like 5'1". So fuck you, Darren. So I, I'm 5'7", with shoes. So imagine a 5'7", Korean short guy I was weighing around 220 pounds at my worst oh
0: shit yeah the big boy dude You're 220
1: a big boy. at 5'6 dude oh I was big um I'm happy to report I am much healthier now I wow, got good, down good to almost like 165 so I'm hoping to get healthier but anyway I'm a little bit pudgier because of COVID so I'm now over at like 170 but anyway I was at 220 I was 5'6". I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go back, go to Philly, because I still came back to Philly a lot to hang out with you guys during breaks and winter break and stuff. And then, I, then I run into you guys just to hang out. Kevin is shredded, has like six pack. his biceps are giant, his calves are good. Then I run to you, and uh, for context – Kev and I are around the same height. Kenny's a little bit taller than us. and Kenny,
0: a, little, a, a little bit of an uh, understatement. Okay, substat- okay. Substantially taller Ke- than Kenny, us of you.
1: Uh, All right. Kenny is taller than us. Let me let me help my ego after I put myself down saying I was punching. <laughs> uh, so, Kenny is taller than us. So, then Kev walks in because he's a little bit more compact. He's defined. He's, he's shredded. And I'm like, all right. Well, at least I have Kenny. Then Kenny walks in equally as shredded. And he's tall, too. And I'm like, what the guys you guys are supposed to be like me and what happened can you tell me how you guys got and you guys are still really both both of you are still in very good shape uh maybe uh sorry kenny i will be honest you and kev might not be as good in shape when you guys were like freshmen and sophomores in college but you guys are still in very good shape compared to myself but you guys are at like the peak physique you guys look like dk metcalf and i was like what the fuck happened you guys were these biology asian students like me just normal whatever maybe a little bit on the chubbier side and then you guys got absolutely steroided what happened
0: so what happened to me was i just worked out really hard summer year after my (laughs) senior year of high school because i was just like kind of disappointed in my high school experience and so like you know who really pushed me really hard? My brother and Gregor really pushed me really hard. So, like, I lost like maybe 30 pounds yeah. fresh, a uh, sophomore year or senior year of high school going to freshman year of college. And so, like, I was looking pretty good. I was like probably the best, like, cardio shape of my life. I will say, luckily for me, I'm probably the strongest I've ever been now because I've been like an avid rock climber for the last year. Um, but, like, my brother gained the freshman like 35, 40. So, like, you don't have to be fucking worried. Like, he wasn't the same shit as you. He just Damn, for some I got know really into exercise afterwards, and then like lost like a hundred pounds, maybe like dead ass serious. Like, oh well no, like sixty pounds. Which right, is first like,
1: off, he was just gaining mass at that point. Okay, he, he was, was cultivating mass. Was like,
0: <laughs> it was like I remember being shocked because I remember him being gone because, like, obviously you guys are you're older than me, so I was still in high school and he was in college. So I remember him coming back from winter break, and I was like, dude, you put on some fucking weight. You're a husky boy now.
1: Yeah, you're um, looking like Tommy, it. you fat
0: ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he was like, he was probably like two, closing on 200 pounds back then, too. Y- y'all were like both Husky Big boys. boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so like, like I remember him coming back that summer after and like him, like having just have lost all that weight and more. And he's like, yeah, it's like go to the gym every day now. I only eat sushi. And now let me, let me clarify this. He's, he's the steal sushi from eating all <laughs> the dining halls uh because it was like too fucking expensive it was oh just, like, yeah dude. twice the cost of like a regular meal plan mm-hmm. um so like that was the summer that he lost out that weight and then i like just t- like followed his footsteps and lost a bit of weight um but i lucked out because yeah, like awesome. i just have good genes I'm-, I'm just like i happen to be a little bit taller and i put on muscle better so, like, it, it's just easier for me. Like, I'm six foot tall. So, like, when you're, like, I'm not that much taller. I'm a full six inches taller All right, than first you off, know.
1: I didn't know you are that tall. So, maybe it's because I deliberately try not standing next to you because you're in such good shape and you're taller than me. So, I'm, like, I'm just going to stand next to Shredded Kev where, yes, he's in 10 billion times better shape than I am, but at least we're somewhat near the same height. So, that makes me feel a bit better. So, maybe it's just because I don't stand next to you. I'm, like, yeah, I'm not standing next to fucking Kenny. That's stupid.
0: I'm just uh, I, I lucked out because I I got really into League of Legends my freshman year of college. So like people are <laughs> like like going out to dining halls and eating like uncontrolled because they don't know how much to eat. Like I just never went to go eat. I would just sit in my dorm room. Your laziness took
1: over. You're like I'd rather play more League of Legends than half. So it's eat it's something. true
0: though. It's like do you would know you would know like really made me really skinny it was caffeine and like, League of Legends. I would just get <laughs> so fucking locked in. I was playing League of Legends for like, eight hours a day and then get up and be like oh, I'm a little bit hungry. So I'm like. Go like to go back, come back, play more League of Legends, like half eating. Like it was so, like a-
1: In the context of the story, it's funny because we could kind of talk about it and laugh at it. But in the real context of how unhealthy our addictive personalities are, <laughs> if you think about it more like what's actually happening, you're talking about a college student caved up in his own room so addicted to a game where he's like i'll be fine being malnourished that's fine i i'm just gonna keep playing this game it's it's okay it's and the lack of sleep going through all your classes homework. you're like i just need more time for league i think that's kind of funny to talk about now though I mean, hear
0: me out there Dar- hear me out like, Oh, Darren. hear me out tommy uh i got really good league legends that summer <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> that, that, that winter oh <laughs> uh, yeah so like that's how i i sort of worked out i i like I you know I then mean, i put on weight again like my junior year of college i would say i think like yeah. the nature of it is that, like like growing up Asian, I, like I'm left with a lot of residual body image issues because yeah. like you're never like the right and then whatever is like oh man you look great it's like oh you're too fat or like oh you're too skinny yeah like, what are you doing that's making you lose all this weight it's like bitch what you just told me I was too fat like three months ago I was <laughs> like I put all this work to lose all this weight and now I'm too skinny like there's like you can't just be like like not comment on it just fucking leave me alone so yeah like, just like, like oh hey
1: that. man <laughs> just how <laughs> you like, doing not just hey oh wow did you put on something or oh you look better you're like oh god damn it here we go
0: yeah yeah, it's like just like either be nice or just don't say anything at all i think like it's funny because my parents will still say that kind of shit it's like it's oh, even a no point yeah, like, they'll, they'll, like, they'll
1: always say like, that yeah. all the time
0: yeah but like it's it, you know it's just like the nature of having asian parents it's, yeah. it's really fucking annoying to me because like that's like a lot of people our age i feel like have that because it's like i don't know i think as we get older and we get to the age of like thinking about having kids or like parenting mm. and like our friends having kids it's like mm-hmm. thinking about all the residual like foundational pieces of your being that are either really fucked up or formed and shaped and like miscorrectly by your parents i was gonna you say they grew it. up at a
1: different time where like one person in the household bringing in an income can support a family in a house whereas now you need two incomes plus more and then if you had a kid to the picture it's game over you just lost and my life dog at just that got point.
0: a job so i mean like he like we still have enough money to
1: go. it's just um, oh man but no it's it's really been a pleasure talking to you one final parting comment i want to add is kenny i know you're on xbox and you appear offline you asshole so when you see me on invite me just so we could just chit-chat. We don't even have to play the same game. I won't hold you back in Overwatch. I know okay. I suck at I, Overwatch. I, I, play, know.
0: I play video games when I want to play video games with you. <laughs> That's why I play whole life.
1: I Honestly, go on your yeah, schedule. Yeah. But uh, no, just whenever you're on, just always invite me on Xbox. I know I've been on... Uh, I've been unemployed for a little bit, but... Uh, and I was on a lot, so I might be on a little bit less now that uh, I'm happy to report I got an offer. But, oh, but also... Oh, thank you. And yeah. I also know... That you used to play, or maybe still play, uh, the Switch. I used to play Smash a lot, and yeah, so I would love to play some Smash with you online too. Even though I know Nintendo's online is freaking terrible, so I know playing Smash online will probably not be the best experience. But you know, I'm sure you're better than me. But I always like to play Smash with people that are better than me, so I could get a little bit better. But uh, last comment: Who is who is your main when you played Smash a lot?
0: Oh, that's I. Used to, I played DK a lot. I I know Ooh. he's not a good character. No, but he's I, I, as a heavy. Like he's one of my favorites because
1: he's so versatile.
0: Yeah, but he's got a lot of weaknesses. Like he, he like does. has no poke. He does like. He's like easy to ledge guard. But he's really good at uh, a
1: elevate. Uh, he, that elevator combo he's really really good at, and his throw combos off the stage. If you're not able to uh, tech it, is really really good. Um, he just
0: feels really meaty. Like I like playing him because like he feels like his his weight. Like the, they really dial his movement really well. Yeah. Like you can feel his weight while you're moving around. Like so I've been playing I... like I've been playing a lot of Skyrim recently. And Ooh. like I like because it's free on Xbox now if you have, if you have Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um and like the movement mechanics in that don't feel realistic at all. You feel oh, absolutely no. weightless. No. As opposed to like like in Smash, where like I feel like the developers did a really good job with dialing and like the weight Definitely. of the character. I like the way you feel when you're moving around, with DK.
1: That's awesome. But all right, so I just kind of wanted to hear that, so then I could get off play against a level nine DK computer and then try to play you, and then you still destroy <laughs> whatever. I'm a Game yeah. and Watch. I like playing Game and Watch a lot. Uh,
0: he's good. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I've been a really big fan of him for a little while, and I think I I play a couple other guys. that uh, I used to play Pokemon Trainer a lot because I like. Spiking people bulbasaur because his uh, mm-hmm. hitbox for that spike is gigantic and it's kind of like cheating. But anyway, I definitely wanted to just kind of hear that because uh, I, I don't be surprised if I text you. Someone be like, whenever you're free, let's get a quick game of smash and so you could destroy me. That'll be fun. But um
0: us get better at Overwatch. Oh, i I actually speaking of overwatch, I just hit diamonds for the first Oh time yo, time. congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Finally, I, finally I so my way up there.
1: I had, and for those of you who don't know, uh um, I had this notion thinking that I was good. For a while, but I know I was garbage. It was my ego. But now I've grown up to the point of thinking, damn, I was just really bad this entire time. But I actually just deleted Overwatch from my <laughs> Xbox because I was like, I haven't played this game in forever. But I mean, if you're playing, I, I'd be more than happy to reinstall it. And yeah, definitely we'll
0: play casual games. It's, it's, a, it's not like always fun to fuck around.
1: Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Kenny, I, I really do appreciate you coming on here. I know this has been a little bit longer of a podcast, but I, I feel like it kind of merits how long it is because i haven't talked to you in a while but uh this is just my big ruse of being like you know if you're ever on video games just shoot me a text wait, wait, when Man. you want to when you want to and then yeah, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll get some games knocked out but well once again kenny i really appreciate you and i really am excited to see how these games uh kind of hash out i hope i end up with a dub but if i don't i will uh, i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna be equal yeah, kind of if a you win. i'll be pretty yeah. pissed if you win but it's going to a good guy but once again thank you so much and uh maybe uh we'll get you on another future podcast at some point hope you hopefully you enjoyed it all right
0: yeah, before we log off here i have to say that the by far the worst person i ever is darren darren fucking sucked at what meaning
1: soldier and <laughs> no, just taking was, up a dps spot and then
0: terrible <laughs> just the worst just it's so fucking bad at that game
1: <laughs> i think i'm gonna label this as this podcast episode as uh owner of whatever your team is kenny slash roast of darren so i'm excited to see how uh, everyone receives this but once yeah, again thanks they, for
0: having me off. yeah
1: absolutely yeah.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time. Merry Christmas.